Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TNT Podcast. As always, it's your guy, Tyler Layfield, joined by my co-host, Torres Finney. How's it going, Torres? What's going on, Tyler? Just another day, time to get it going. And, you know, for all my listeners out there, me and Tyler worked out together. He got a, a little taste to work out with, uh, yeah. work out with me during some of my MMA workouts. So, you know, how you feel, Tyler? Uh, tough, 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 tough stuff, man. Uh, definitely some stuff I haven't done before. Um, can definitely feel it. I'm definitely gonna feel it tomorrow, bro. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, a lot of sweat involved uh, with that one. But uh, but yeah, man. These these past couple of days of uh, doing some workouts with you've been fun, man. I'm glad we were able to get some in for sure. Really excited to work out with you. But you know, when we talk Olympics. Look at the U.S. Incredible, incredible uh, performances by a lot of people, um, especially USA basketball. Uh, finally getting the chance to overcome France. Um, also, uh, USA women's basketball getting the opportunity to overcome Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. Really good performances on both ends. Uh, obviously, for USA basketball, for the men's, Kevin Durant doing what he does best, always coming through. He came through with 24 points, scoring efficiently, looking really good. Thank God he had some type of help from Real. Jason Tatum because he had no help from Damian Lillard. He missed three throws down the clutch. Yeah. had no help from anybody else. On that, on that team, but, you know, you got to remember, give props to France. France had Evan Fournier, uh, Rudy Gobert. They still had a solid team overall, three NBA players, Nicholas Batum. So to have those players on that team uh, was solid enough to at least get them to the uh, gold medal uh, championship game and mm-hmm. almost come out with the victory against USA. Yeah. And also good win, and the women's dominated Japan, you know, dominated from start to finish. Uh, as always, the women's oh, really? surely has the men's as well been dominating the uh the uh the games for the big time guys in the usa basketball mm-hmm. yeah, i was about to say i was able to catch some of that second half of the the french usa game i wasn't able to catch the the women's but the guys like you said damian Lillard. it felt like this whole uh this whole olympic run he's just been struggling and news came out yesterday or the day before now uh that he was dealing with some type of abdomen injury so that that sheds a little light on what the issue may have been um this you know, been causing that kind of play from him. But, yeah, Jason Tatum coming in, helping out KD. KD's going to do KD things. That's just how it is. We we know this. So, um, you know, they, they did something, you know, early on in the Olympics. We weren't thinking that we were going to see this. You know, a lot of people were doubting uh, this team that they'd be able to finish um, as gold, you know, medal winners. But, um, you know, they were able to pull it off. And, uh, you know, congrats to them. That's awesome. Um, and now I think KD, he ties Melo for the most gold medals um, and, um, you know, the basketball, coming from basketball. So uh, pretty cool for him. I think he'll probably go for the record uh, next time around. We'll, he'll probably still be playing. I, I can guarantee he'll probably still be playing. So he'll be going for Yeah, I think Kevin Durant is like, what, uh, 32, 33. Um, so he's mm-hmm. not that old, um, if, if, if he's even that old. But uh, he's right down the cusp. He can easily come back the next, next uh, four years and uh, make a run. Easy. For real. So. Yeah, man. Yes. So look. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about the fights last night. Torres Torres came over. We had Blake Hudgens in the house. We was watching the fights. Uh, some some pretty good fights, you know. Uh, I guess speaking on the the undercard, the undercard was pretty good. We were able to catch that last one. It was a fit Fazee Rafael Fazee 
Um, yeah, disease versus green. I think it was Bob, Bob, Bob Bobby Green, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, Randy Fazeez. So yeah, that That's was a good. really entertaining fight, start to finish. You know, For sure. Obviously, uh, you know, was the rightful winner, but it was just the way that those guys, two guys, were scrapping. I mean, those mm-hmm. guys were scrapping hard from start to finish. Incredible fight, uh, in the prelims. So, uh, and, and let's be honest, you know, I said this before in the last show. Uh, this card wasn't a card that was going to be mainly, you know, big on star, you know, stars like that. Mm-hmm. This card was, uh, this card was thrown together a little bit. You know, they they tried to get it together early, but it was thrown a little bit together at the last minute. Um, this is one of the big summer cards. They always try to do a big summer card, you know, in July. This was a card they expected John Jones to at least be on. Man. The card they expected Francis Nagano to be on. Amanda Nunez. Uh, but Amanda Nunez. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, they come out to be, but they still try to make the best of. So props to yeah. you, UFC. Yeah, yeah. It ended up being a pretty decent card. Um, I know the first fight we really didn't care for, that Casey Kenny, Song Yadong. It was just, you know, a bunch of running around. It wasn't the best. Uh, we missed a good bit of the Angela Hill uh, one, but Tisha Torres pulled that one out. Uh, but really, those last three fights is what we were really looking for. And the starting off, I guess, the the third fight, you know, on that uh, main card, the Vicente Luque. Um, and who, who was it again that he was fighting? You um, – Kiesa? Michael Kiesa. Yes, yes. And, man, we were shocked with the, the result of that one, What weren't we? We were. Uh, Michael Kiesa. So, at first, Luke, uh, Vicente Luque, you know, he hit him with some really hard shots to start off. Then Michael Kiesa had a phenomenal double leg. Yep. And then after that double leg, he got him tight to the fence and took his back. And, man, when he took his back, you know, Michael Kiesa, you know, he has a lot of submissions. Uh some of his last two fights have ended by submission. And Kiesa took his back. Uh, Vicente Luque got his back to the uh, ground, turned it to uh, uh, Kiesa. And, man, that darts choke out of yeah. nowhere. Oh, my gosh. It was like Kiesa's winning, Kiesa's winning, Kiesa's winning. Luque sinks the darts in. You're like, whoa! Yeah. Out of nowhere. It, that choke was so tight on Kiesa, and he tapped. I mean, you know, the odds on Kiesa being tapped by Vicente Luque were minus 5,000. Because Vicente, uh, Michael Kiesa isn't a guy that gets tapped. He's a guy that knocks people out. I mean, uh, I mean, Vicente Luque knocks people out. Yeah. Uh, even though he didn't tap out Tyron Woodley his last fight, Vicente Luque ain't submitting that many guys, especially not a guy like Michael Kiesa with his pedigree. But, man, what a shocker that was. For real. That, that it, to explain it to the casuals, that would be like Connor tapping out uh, Dustin Poirier to a submission. The yeah. odds of that happening is really low. That's Enough. how it was with Vicente Luque and, and Michael Chiesa. That was really that was really shocking to see. So, uh-huh. and and I, was, I was glad I, was glad I went contrarian on that one. I was glad I went against the grain. Uh, I, th- I thought about taking Chiesa. Yeah. I was glad I got, you know, got with Luque. So, um, yeah, I'm glad I stuck with it, dude. I got, I got that one on that one. What were you going to say? No. Oh, what I what I'm gonna say is, you know, Vicente uh, Luque just be the former world champion out of Tyron Woodley, and then you go against Michael Chiesa, who was on a four or five four or five fight winning streak. You beat him. I mean, at welterweight, he's one shot away from the title, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, now he can be easily thrown into the Leon Edwards or the uh, the Bilal Muhammad. You know, throw him mm-hmm. in the mix between those guys, give him a quick, you know, another fight. And then he could potentially be a number one contender. Yeah. 
So then we we get to the the next to last fight, Jose Aldo uh, versus Pedro Munoz, and uh, that one, I, yeah, we both went with Aldo on that one. If I'm not mistaken, I believe we did. Uh, I think both of us were kind of on the Aldo train on that, and boy, did he show up and show out. That that was a fun one to watch. Just the yes. striking uh, from both fighters, especially Aldo. Like he, homeboy was pulling them things out, son, at the end there, and um, he really sealed it. He really sealed it. That, that was a fun one to watch. Yes, uh, Jose Aldo, proving the legend that he is. You know, the man was champion for 10 straight years. Uh, he proved that he's incredible. Uh, you know, opportunity to go against a guy like Pedro Munoz, who is also a Brazilian as well. You know, Brazil versus Brazil. And, mm-hmm. and talk about a man that really showed, you know, he's not done yet. No. I'm still amongst the best. For real. Jose Aldo proved that last night big time against Pedro Munoz. And Pedro Munoz is no joke. He's another top-tier bantamweight. But Jose Aldo proved that he's amongst the top-tier bantamweights as well. And it will be really exciting to see him eventually get that opportunity. You know, I don't know if he's ready for, you know, a TJ Dillashaw or Rob Funt, you know, those type of guys. But Jose Aldo has already proven I was champion. He, it looked like he's trying to make that one last run before he retires. So, what a way to get a good win like that. Yeah. Yeah. The combos he was putting together at the end there, the striking, it was, uh, man, it was something to behold. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen some quick hands like that in a, in a little minute. So that was that was really fun to watch. And then that brings us to the last fight, the the main event of the night for the interim, um, you know, heavyweight title, that is. Uh, Cyril Gaon versus Derek Lewis. I know you went with Derek Lewis. I wanted to go with Derek Lewis, too, just because I love the guy. We talk about it, all the stuff he says outside the ring, bro. He dude cracks me up. I love the demeanor of him. Um, of course, you know, the, the power that he has. We talked about it last show. It's just that's it's crazy. It's crazy. And once again, we saw that um in this fight. You know, we were we saw Derek Lewis playing it just like he did against Curtis Blades. He's sitting there, he's waiting, he's waiting, he's anticipating, he's waiting on that one chance for him to really um, you know, get that one shot in that will end that fight at that very instance. And, you know, we, we talked about it, you know, we prefaced it that Cyril Gaon, you know, he's not going to come in there being real aggressive. You know, he's going to be real technical. He's going to be real uh, strategic in the shots that he puts out there. And, man, did he really live up to that. The the leg kicks he was throwing, uh, just tearing up that that front leg, um, that lead leg from Lewis. And then he was just kind of peppering him here and there with some shots. Definitely uh, winning in the uh, the aspect of, you know, the more shots landed. That that was for certain. And, you know, he really didn't get real aggressive until it was actually time to. This is something we haven't seen uh, or that we see a lot of fighters struggle with. You know, like we talked about last night, just, just with us and the boys, we were talking about Michael Chandler, Charles Oliver. He had a chance. Ch- Chandler had a chance to end it. You know, and, and at one instant, and he didn't jump on it. That's something that Cyril Gondon did not do. He actually went for the kill, and he ended up, uh, you know, succeeding in it. You know, he saw there was blood in the water, you know, when, when he was able to pop Lewis and get him kind of stunned, and he went straight in for the kill. And, and props to him. He didn't wait. He went, he went, went straight for uh, uh, Darren Lewis, went straight to the ground uh, of pound, standing up, yep. putting him on the cage. Once Darren Lewis uh, turned it up, he got on his back. Rap. Him out with the rap. So, I mean, I mean, Cyril Gunn did exactly what most people knew was going to happen. Like, everybody knew that the way the fight was going, we knew it was going to go that way. Mm-hmm. But for people to think Darren Lewis was going to win, we thought, oh, he's going to hit him with that one time. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Punches to ratio. 
Cyril Gunn landed 104 punches on Derrick Lewis. Derrick Lewis only landed eight. That's, uh, you can't, I, I'm going to be honest, man. It's starting to prove you can't win a world title. You can't become champion mm-hmm. by just being a guy that can just hit hard. Mm-hmm. You got to be well-rounded. And that's something yeah. Derrick Lewis is not. He's not well-rounded. He's really good. He got power. He's strong. But that's only going to take you so far, man. Because yeah. when a guy can actually strike, when a guy actually has skill, you're not just going to be there and walk in there and say, oh, I'm just going to hit you. Mm-hmm. Cyril Gunn made sure he avoided all of those instances that could cause that. And he stopped. That was an incredible performance by Cyril Gunn. It was. And, man, it's going to be really interesting to see him go against France in the yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So we, we know what's next. We know it's going to be in Ghana versus Gone. And, you know, we, we were talking about last night, and I guess my immediate reaction, my immediate um, choice there, I, I'm, I'm rolling with Ngano still. I do think Gone is legit. He, he Like, he's, he's proven that, man. He's beaten some big names, um, just added to his resume last night with his performance. Um, I, I'm definitely, you know, I def- I'm not writing the guy off by any means, but um, – to think that Ghana is going to go in against Nganu and do that same thing, it's just not going to happen. Nganu is still an absolute athlete. Like, it's not like Lewis, where Lewis is just waiting for that, like you said, that one shot. He's getting gassed. He doesn't have any ground game. You know, he doesn't have the – he's not moving around, uh, you know, like all that often. He's, he's kind of like a still target in a sense. No, Nganu is totally different. Nganu is a freaking beast, and um, I think that he can – he can still win that outright. I, I would definitely take Ngannou as the favorite. Um, it, you know, just from right now, looking ahead to the future, to that next fight. But what about you? What do you think? I see. I'm going to go ahead and end this out right now because a lot of people will be like, well, you need to see his sparring videos. You need to see when Gunn sparred with Ngannou. Because all of their sparring videos is all online right now. I want to get this out to everyone to make sure you understand. Sparring is completely different from fighting. All right? Yes, Cyril Gunn, I, 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 I help y'all out a little, guys, you know, that's something about a casual. But technical sparring, whoever has the better technique will always look better technically, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if we want to talk about an actual fight, Rosenstrike, the reason Rosenstrike is much more technical than Francis Nagano. But Nagano knocked him out in 13 seconds. Two completely different things between sparring and actually fighting. And what you're actually going to see is I think Cyril Gunn is much more technical than Nagano. Nagano do have some technique. You see, if anybody saw his fight against Stipe, his fight against Stipe looked much better than, you know, he looked all, all his career. Mm-hmm. But that's one fight. I think Cyril Gunn is going to want to try to engage Francis into a brawl. And once he does that, he's going to force him to uh, – he's going to outstrike him. This is a fight I see Cyril Gunn beating him in the distance. I don't see Cyril Gunn really knocking out Francis Nagano. If he's going to beat him, he's going to beat him through distance or, like, on the ground. He mm-hmm. might take Nagano down. But I don't see Nagano uh, – uh, I don't really see Cyril Gunn knocking out Francis at all. No. no. So, so, who, so who would you have ultimately in that one you, you said – Ah, man, that's a hard one. Only because Francis is much more technical than Derrick Lewis. 
I'm gonna go with Francis. I got I'm gonna go with Francis. Yeah, I feel like he kind of got to. He's earned that, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Francis. It's hard. That's a hard <laughs> fight to call. It's a really hard fight to call. Um, uh, that's really hard, man, because he's so technical. He, he fights is. like a freaking middleweight, bro. It's yeah, hard. Say, he was moving really well uh, for a guy his size. That's for sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm right there with you on that. It's hard. One. It's hard to call. It's hard to call that one. And I'm gonna go with Francis in this situation. Yes. So let me see here. So, um, that pretty good uh, discussion there. So let's talk a little bit about some football. Um, I I wanted to ask you. I haven't actually been able to even bring this up um, to you yet. But um, what did you think about the? Did, were you able to watch the Hall of Fame game the other day? The Cowboys versus Steelers. Were you able to watch your Steelers? Um, I only seen nits and picks. Um. I saw how the Steelers play defensively. I'm really excited for our defense. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Offense, uh, you know, Ben wasn't there. I know how our offense be looking without Ben. So, Ben wasn't playing. But from what I saw, wide receiver, Nod- a little nitpick of Najee Harris. Najee Harris look good. I really do think the Steelers are going to be really good. I think we're going to be fine, man. We're, we're going to be a playoff team. You know, it just depends on how far we get, you know, the roll of the dice. But I think the Steelers are going to be really good this upcoming season. So, yeah, I was watching that Najee Harris look really good. That's something that I wanted to see. I wanted to see how he looked. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, it looked like the first-round pick for the Cowboys, Michael Parsons. He looked like a steal uh, from where he got drafted. So that was good for them. Uh, we didn't get to see a whole lot of the Cowboys' big pieces. They were kind of resting guys. You know, Zeke, obviously Dak's out right now. He's dealing with injury. Um, one, one compelling They're question. only playing three. Two preseason games this year? Or? I think it's just three. I think it's just three. Instead of four, it's three. That's what I think. I'll have to look into it here. I'll I'll bet that while we're while we're talking. But the question I was going to ask you, so for just fantasy purposes, this I want to hear this from a Pittsburgh fan. Um, I had a little stake in the wide receiver core last year. I had Claypool. I, I was able to trade for him. Out of Juju, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. Who do you think will be the best wide receiver this year statistically? It's three good ones. It's three good ones. So I just want to see who do you who do you give that edge to? Who could you see separating themselves um, from the rest of the pack? And by the way, just vetted it only three weeks of preseason that we were correct. So this is gonna be actually really hard. All right. I'm gonna tell you this because he's always one of those guys a lot of people don't actually look towards a lot. But to me, I think one of the most talented receivers we do have is Deontay Johnson. But he's going to be that sleeper a lot of people ain't going to depend on with with stats. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go with Claypool. All right. Okay. I'm going to go with Claypool. But but Juju's going to have a really solid year. I do believe Juju's going to have a really solid year. But I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with – Claypool to have the better statistical year. Okay. Yeah, that's what I really want to hear because um I just want to see which which kind of wide receiver I'm stuck that's in, the hard. in the draft. Yeah, it is. It is hard. That's hard. Deontay that's hard. to me is like the he's the the take the top off the defense kind of guy. Like he's the big play threat. He's the one that I think could have the like he's a sleeper to have, have like the best year. Like he, he to me he he got that feel. He can easily go off for a twelve hundred yard year this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted, him a lot. I wanted him a lot last year, Deontay. I wanted a stake of him. 
Uh, Claypool, to me, he's – I think he can get the most touchdowns. I do think he can be the touchdown guy just because of how big his body is. And then Juju, he's just – like I know you always say this, but he's, he's just vital to the offense, the role that he plays. He's vital to that offense. Yeah, he's just the role he plays. He, he's mm-hmm. not going to be a guy that get a whole bunch of numbers. But he, he blocks really well. He, he uh, gets guys off each other. Uh, he uh, He's a really good decoy at times. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. he can catch and run routes really well. But his job, you know, being him, helps better than uh than, than most. So that's the reason yeah. why I like I like uh I like, I love Juju. I want him to have a better year than anybody. You know, to shut everybody up. But I do I do mm-hmm. believe that uh you know he's not gonna have the best overall year. Okay. So the next thing I'll bring up is I know you know a couple shows ago we you dropped an inside scoop. You talked about Deshaun Watson getting traded obviously it hasn't happened just yet there's reports coming out now that the texans are holding off they're actually they're actually holding off to try to talk him into staying do we have any update from our inside sources on this new uh new you know so there was a lot of talks about the eagles potentially getting uh deshaun watson mm-hmm. uh the dolphins fell off the table a little bit when xavier howard said that he wants to stay. He signed uh, an extension he, today, by the way. He actually yeah, he's, yeah, he actually, they came to a conclusion and he decided he wanted to stay. So since he wanted to stay, um, the Dolphins slightly came off the table. The Eagles is still on the table, but throughout camp so far, the Texans are looking at the QB position. It ain't as bright as they think it is. Mm. So I think it's better for them to try their best to keep the show. Okay. That's their goal. Yeah, but I was wondering the if the Eagles are still heads. front runners. The Eagles are still front runners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can believe that. They have the piece, like you said, the hometown guy, Jalen Hurts. He was, you know, uh, high talent. What was he, a second, third round guy when he was drafted? So he's got the talent yes. there. We've seen him in the, you know, the Heisman conversations and everything when he was in college. So, obviously, the talent is there. Uh, the next thing I'll bring up. So, a couple more additions, and then we'll, we'll end the show here soon. But uh, Trey Lance. So, I remember when we were doing our mock drafts, Trey Lance, he was yes. in the we, – we were kind of lowish on Trey Lance. I know both of us were kind of lowish. We weren't really uh, – you know, I was. we liked Justin Fields more. We liked uh, – um, of course, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, we are, we were talking about, so we, we've been seeing, there's a lot of updates coming both out. Both been doing really good in camp. Both yeah. have been doing really good in camp. So w- what did you, what have you been seeing? I know I've been seeing a lot of good stuff about Trey Lance. He's going off. Do you think that, what would you put the over under on weeks that we go before Trey Lance sur- surpasses um, Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco? Or do you have him even doing that this season? That's a hard one, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna come down to until uh, he gets he gets injured. Yes, yeah. I mean I don't I don't like to say that by anybody, but I think once Garoppolo gets a slight injury or has an awful game, and they want to make a switch up in the middle of the game, I can see Trey Lance coming in then. So I give it about five weeks. Give me about <laughs> five weeks. You might see a little Trey Lance action. That seems like a pretty good um, estimate right there. I was thinking somewhere like in the, the four range, but five five gives you a little bit more wiggle room there. I'm, I'm seeing that as well, man. Um, and then let's see. I'm seeing some other updates. You know, I've been trying to keep up with all the, you know, training camp is going on and it's up. 
So, you know, I've been trying to keep up with that. Obviously, I saw the Wentz stuff, him going down. Um, there's been talks now that Rivers might come out of retirement, possibly. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, have you seen that at all? I have not seen that. Uh, they I were, have not seen that. They were saying that he could, he would maybe consider it, um, you know, but I, I obviously that's, um, you know, that's very kind of broad generalization there. That is um, broad. He needs to stay retired, man. That's, I yeah. mean, he did look good last year. It wasn't it wasn't a bad year he had, but uh, he, he needs to stay retired. I, I just, think he so. Needs to stay retired. Yeah, and then um, obviously we also saw the Matthew Stafford news of him uh, the thumb contusion, I think, is what it is holding him out. So we we've been seeing a good little bit of little quarterback little nicks and bruises here recently. So I'm wondering how that's going to play into the season. I hope not uh, because I want to see a lot of the good quarterbacks play, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is a guy, you know, a lot of people fit, you know, the Rams as one of those contenders for the NFC, you know, to contend with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So to have them play, um, if, if Matthew Stafford's not a quarterback. It's going to be the same thing we saw what happened in the playoffs last year when they didn't have Jared Goff. Um, it's going to it's going to be a little sad to see. Um, no quarterback action, a really good defense, but they have no offense to back them up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the Rams need you know they need Matthew Stafford. I mean, yeah, you didn't trade uh, Jared Goff for nothing. So I, I I would love for the Rams to keep Matthew Stafford. I want to see Matthew Stafford with a really good team. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people saying Matthew Stafford has been blessed. With a lot of good players, when I slightly disagree on some of that, but we are going to see what happens. Yeah, and then speaking of the Jared Goff, I've also seen um, him doing okay in the Lions camp. There, he's threading the needle on some passes, so maybe he'll do a little bit better than we originally thought when we were um, evaluating that trade. So, um, for his sake, I hope so, man. Uh, well, look, some, t- some trades like that, most people that leave the team, they do better like this. Look at uh, Ron Tannehill. I yeah, a lot of people thought Ryan Tannehill wasn't gonna be worth nothing on the Titans, but look, they thought his career was over. Yeah, but you see him now and look at him now. So when you set the bar low like that, and all of a sudden, you know that you, you have nowhere to go but up, right? So hopefully, that, that's the same way with him, man. Um, is there any other topics you wanted to cover here before we break it down? Um, no, man, I'm really excited for NFL NFL season. The next few weeks, about to see uh, a little pro football action. College mm-hmm. starts in September. Yeah, Got a lot of you know, high school football. So, oh yeah, you know, we might dabble into that a little bit. Yeah, we're we gonna be at the Jones County scrimmage uh, Friday, so that'll be good against Houston County. That should be fun. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then um, it's gonna be really fun, man. Yeah, I've been trying to keep up with the UGA um, training camp stuff. Been hearing some some different things, um, you know, about certain players shining. Her Tresman Marshall, a linebacker that we got a couple classes ago, he's starting to show some some good signs. Smile Mondin, uh, the five, one of the five star linebackers we got last year, he's looking good. Um, and then JT, of course, JT. Apparently, he's got the he's got everybody sold, man. He's he's looking like he's leading that team really well. I love JT Daniels, man. I'm I love him. Man. Hopes I love up, dog. I'm getting my hopes up, and I, I sure hope they don't come crashing down. But I, I'm, I feel like at this point, I'm used to it, man. Uh, <laughs> don't even get me started on that, Tyler. Uh-huh. Like you told Blake yesterday. Oh yeah, hey, real quick, yeah. bad luck. The the Bobby Bowden. I guess we it wouldn't be right unless we mentioned that Bobby Bowden. Um, right. Unfortunately, right. he um, we woke up this morning to the news he he's done passed away. So. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't be right if we didn't at least say something about it on the show. So um, rest in peace to Bobby Bell. We were talking to Blake Hudgens today. He said he he shed a tear. Big big FSU fan. Yeah. Um, he very vital to that 
that whole university. So um, a legend, a true legend. And I remember him. I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to happen this quick. I know the terminal illness stuff came out about a month ago, but man, um, I hate, I hate to see him go, but um, we know when it's, when it's that time, it's that time, I guess. Right. Yeah, it is that time, man. You know, Derek, uh, Bobby, Bobby Bowden was an incredible coach for Florida state. We literally was talking about him all last night, you know, mm-hmm. about how he was winning those national championships with uh, Florida yep. state, you know, how they was top tier teams. Um, you know, now, you know, he was an incredible coach. Uh, he was, he was big on Florida state. You know, I remember he helped get a lot of great uh, players, you know, guys like Dion, you know, uh, I mean, there was a lot of – They like Ward Dunn, right? Ward Dunn. Uh-huh. Didn't Charlie Ward play for them? Charlie, Charlie Ward, Ward, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, like, they had a lot of top-tier players all that he recruited. He made sure a lot of those guys got the top-tier uh, levels. Bobby Bowden was an incredible, incredible coach. Uh, he got the second most wins all time in uh, college football history. Uh, so, uh, top-tier man, and, you know, sad to see a legend like that go, but – yes yes so uh with that being said that's going to wrap up today's show thank you guys for listening um remember to go and follow us over on twitter at the tnt podcast over on instagram at tt underscore tt underscore podcast and um you know continue to give us these listens over on spotify apple podcast anywhere it's located give us those likes those shares those retweets those um subscriptions all that good stuff, those follows, everything. And uh, we'll continue to get this content out there to you guys. But with that being said, that's going to end it for today. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Boom, boom.